Do you have solo economic dependency? That is, if you aren't working, you aren't making money. The Art of Passive Income Podcast is the solution. Discover passive income models so you can enjoy life on your own terms. Let freedom ring. Hey, it's Mark www.thelandgeek.com and today's going to be a special podcast. We're actually going to mix it up a bit and provide all of you land geekers a taste of the best of the best segments of our roundtable podcast, which have been immensely popular. So sit back with a latte or an espresso or an Americano or some kind of caffeinated drink, maybe a bulletproof coffee like me, and enjoy the best of the best of our roundtable segments. All right. Thanks so much. So let's, uh, let's shift gears here and let's talk about sustainable growth. One of the things that we see in one-on-one coaching, flight school, are the, I guess for lack of a better word, uh, irrationally exuberant newbie. And what they want to do is they want to grow and they want to grow super fast. And what happens, uh, Tate, when that happens? You know, I think we need to dive into what this means. First of all, a little bit further. This is sure, not just, sure. I want to mail every single day. These are the people that come out and say, you know what? I'm going to mail 2,000 offers this month, and I'm going to buy anything that comes across my table, and I'm going to hire 50 VAs. You know, if you do that, you're almost setting yourself up for a bottleneck, and not even failure, right? Because you can recover from all of this. It's just you set yourself up for a lot of headache and a lot of stress, right? The kind of stress that's like, oh, I've got 20 accepted offers and I'm still perfecting the due diligence part of the business. How am I ever going to get through these? Oh, I got to renegotiate all these deals. I don't even, I'm nervous about even answering the phone right now, right? So sustainable growth is, I mean, it's huge, right? Yeah, Scott Todd, what are your thoughts on that? Um, okay, so when, when I see somebody that comes out and they're like all the chips are on the table before they've even done like, I don't know, just a, even a couple deals, like they're just going all in. I'm going to mail a thousand offers my first month. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to fast forward this. I'm going to do all this stuff. I agree with Tate. It's, it's a train wreck waiting to happen. Like you can, you can say like, here's the train wreck coming. Here's the next train wreck. And it's not because, it's not because the system doesn't work. What happens is, you don't have a foundation of what success even looks like. You, you haven't done a deal yet. You have got to own land itis, meaning that you've got to buy all this land. Now you're in a grab for it. And then you tend to overpay because you're not entering this thing incorrectly. You know, you're not making your entry correctly. So now you're overpaying. And then all of a sudden you've got this snowball that's just going to chase you down the hill and it, it, I think it leads to burnout. I think it leads to rapid burnout because you're not seeing the success that you want um, at the right time, as opposed to, okay, look, like, you know, let me just start doing some deals. Let me start mailing a uh, hundred a week. That's going to give me about a deal a week. Let me get my sales systems down. Let me build these systems. And then once you get those systems in place, then scale. But a lot of times people want to scale like from day one and that's bad. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, it can be really painful. There's, there's a reason we say in one of our modules in the Investor's Toolkit, it's more deals than you can handle. It literally is 
more deals than you can handle in the beginning uh, until you get your systems up and running. Uh, Bearland, Aaron, did you have any, does any of this ring uh, <laughs> true for you? Yeah, I don't know if you remember that, but uh, yeah, when we first started, it, and the thing is, we didn't start off putting out a thousand or two thousand offers. I mean, we started off, I mean, you know, we were in coaching, so, you know, and Scott was our coach. He kind of set us off on the right track, and we were doing like, you know, 20 mailings a day, you know, 100 a week. And uh, we hit this pocket, this area that everybody wanted to sell. And we still ended up so overwhelmed with the, the response that, I mean, it, you know, for, for a time it kind of buried us, you know, and I probably lost a couple deals because of it. Um, I probably bought a couple things that I maybe shouldn't have because of it. Um, nothing that was catastrophic, you know, but, um, but yeah, and that was doing it, you know, at a pace. So, you know, you go out and you start doing some of these things that are, you know, you just think you got to do everything today. And I mean, you know, I guess, like Scott said, rapid burnout could be a, a thing. Um, just the total, total overwhelmingness of everything um, with the rest of life going on at the same time, um, especially if it's a side hustle for you to, you know, to while you're still working your nine to five, man, it, it just may be to the point where you lose out on the ability to do something really great in your life because you got so overwhelmed and you shelf it. You know, and that's, we don't want anybody to have that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of reminds me of that Tony Robbins quote, we underestimate what we can, or no, we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in five years. Tate, what are we going to say? Well, I was just going to, you know, something similar to that. It's, you know, how do we, when people get started in this business, how do they measure their success, right? They measure it by the amount of money that they make or the deals that they do. And sometimes I think we're measuring with the wrong size of a yardstick, right? Like maybe we need to measure our, our success on, on a more realistic basis, right? Oh, my 20 offers went out today. I contacted these five individuals. I posted X number of ads, right? Maybe we need to bring it back down to a manageable scale. And if we do that, we'll see, uh, you know, we'll start to feel like we're moving the needle. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Scott, Todd, what are your thoughts? 20 a day, baby. I think that uh, if you're going to start, you start off with 20, 20 offer letters a day. I don't care if you want to do, you know, 100 on a Monday. I prefer you not. I would prefer you do 20 a day. But 20 a day keeps the bat away. Like they like to say in flight school, right? Like literally just that 20 a day just gets the momentum going. Once you perfect it, then go full steam. You know, it's so funny because I actually take that 20 day philosophy and it, it actually uh, ripples out for every area of my life, including with my kids. So I'll tell them, hey, look, look we got to clean up on Sunday, right? And I'll set the timer. We're only going to do this for five minutes. After five minutes, we're done cleaning. Okay. Inevitably, they get in the rhythm of it and they'll go for like 15 minutes and everything's done. And I don't have to like hassle, hey, you know, Noah, take the trash out. Like, here we did it because he's kind of gotten in the mindset of cleaning, right? It's always the hardest thing to start. When I work out in the morning, I, I'll, I'll do like the seven minute workout if I don't feel like doing it. And then, oh, I, I'll do another set of seven minutes. So then it's 14 minutes, but I'm breaking it down. I'm breaking this, this thing down that's big into the small chunk. And I, I really think it's like, it was just 
this, it, it was so brilliant of, of Scott to like take that uh, philosophy of taking this big piece that's overwhelming in, in the beginning and just making it really manageable. I mean, how long does it take to send out 20 offers? I mean, I could hand write 20 offers in 20 minutes. I mean, Scott, how long did it take in the beginning? Less than an hour? Uh, yeah, it took, I mean, it took less than an hour to like handwrite 20 offer letters. I mean, that, uh, and look, we don't handwrite them. I don't handwrite them today, but in the beginning I right. did. Right. And, um, I mean, I would sit there on a conference call, you know, like, and I would just write, I would go to lunch and I'd sit, you know, at, at lunch outside, probably at Panera bread, Mark, but you know, I don't know, something like that, but I'm I was sure it was Panera bread. I'd sit there and I'd handwrite the things and, and like, it looked like I was just sending, you know, I don't know birthday cards or, you know, letters. I don't, I don't know. And it was kind of like therapeutic as well. Like to just handwrite 20, it sucked. So I don't do it now. But at the beginning it was like, uh, is it this one? Is it this one? Is it? And then you see the name come back and you're like, oh, I wrote them a letter. It's, yeah, it's like fun. little, little lottery tickets. Yeah. You don't know which one. You don't know what's going to come back. Barryland Aaron, what about you? Um, as far as what? Like just when you the, first started, like, did you feel overwhelmed with the 20? I mean, 20 offers, like it, it seemed doable. No, uh, it was, yeah, it was completely doable. Um, you know, when we first started, we weren't on LG Pass, which makes it unbelievably easy. But, um, you know, we just had a spreadsheet and, you know, you kind of, uh, what's the thing where you get Excel over to Word and, you know, create your document and then uh, print them, you know, it was, it was real easy. It probably took 20 offers, probably took about, I don't know, 20 minutes to half an hour. All right. It's not bad. It's yeah. not bad at all. <laughs> underestimating efforts. Scott, when you see underestimating effort, what does that, what do you make? What does that make you think of? Matt, you know, I think that, uh, I think that, you know, we live in an instant gratification society and I think that people think that, oh, I can just do this one little thing or two little things and success is going to come to me. And that's like just not the case. I mean, you've got to take more effort and do more work to complete the tasks that you want to complete than what you really think. It's un you, you got to overestimate it. Yeah. Uh, Tate Litchfield, what, what does it make you think? I mean, about? you know, it's the amount of work required when you're starting, especially it's, I mean, it's, we see it all the time on the marketing side of thing. People think, Oh, you know, I'm going to post my first Craigslist ad and boom, my phone's going to be ringing off the hook and people are going to be throwing money at me. Or when people send out their first, you know, deal of the week or letter to their buyers list, they think, Oh, great. You know, the guys on the podcast, they say, this is the Holy grail. They send that email out and it's crickets. Well, they don't realize that it requires more than just an email. It requires picking up the phone, follow-up emails, hounding these people to make them realize that they want this. So the amount of work required, it's, it's, I mean, you can't even measure it. It's, it's, it's daunting at first, but then it gets slowly more manageable. Yeah. How about you, Eric Peterson? What do, what do you think about when you, when you hear the word underestimating effort? Or the phrase, I should say. I, I think what comes to mind immediately is just, um, uh, you know, kind of as Tate was saying, we, we often see it in the community um, where, you know, uh, someone will start off strong, whether that's on mailing or marketing or what have you, and they don't see the results right away, whether that's 
right away being a week later or two days later, um, you know, and then they get discouraged and rather than continuing to plug away at it and just, you know, keep going cause you're going to get there. If you keep going, they instead either taper off or just, you know, pull back completely and, you know, kind of lose the effort that they put into it by just, uh, by giving up too early. So, um, that's, that's kind of what it means to me, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I agree. How about you, Mike Zano? What do you think about? Well, I think it's the consistency. I think that, you know, people want instant gratification, but the thing is some people do, right? But they realize that we're doing the same things over and over again. It's a consistent effort we're putting in. So you can do that thing once you can mail out once you can market once you can send to the neighbors once you can send to your buyers list once, but the, what separates the people that succeed and those who don't is the consistency and the consistency is what brings about the results. So if you do it like, Hey, I put five ads out. Why is no one bought my property? Or I sent a hundred mailings out. Why am I not buying land or whatever it may be? It's just, it's the false expectations. It's like, you know, this, this that you're doing the right things, but are you consistently doing the right things? That's what's going to move the needle. And that's what separates the people who succeed and don't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I, I kind of makes me think of uh, when I was younger, and I was, uh, you know, getting into like, you know, weightlifting and bodybuilding, and I had a personal trainer, and I was, you know, getting into it. And I remember saying to my personal trainer, um, you know, how long is this going to take before I see any results? And he kind of looked at me like, first of all, you've it's taken you years, by the way, to get to where you are right now, right? <laughs> years. So you know, your expectation of any kind of change. Uh, yeah. Like it, you might see a little bit of change after 90 days, like 90 days. And I mean, I worked out really, really hard. I did everything you said to do. I didn't see any change for 90 long, excruciating, painful days. And then I didn't really see any really, you know, like my friends would look at me like, you know, that was like a year later that I saw any kind of improvement at all after, you know, consistently, showing up at 4.30 in the morning, working out really, really hard with this guy, pushing myself to limits. And uh, it took a long, you know, to me, it felt like a long time. And, you know, a lot of it might just be poor genes or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, it took, it took a long time. It made me think like, I mean, think about things in your own life, like, right? Like all the bad things happen really fast, right? You get that horrible call in the middle of the night, you know, your grandmother just passed away boom, that's fast, right? Um, all the bad things happen super, super fast. All the good stuff, all the things that we're proud of, all the rewarding things in life take a long time. They take time, right? I mean, gosh, nine months just to have a baby, Tate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know? that long. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, or just, uh, I mean, think about it, like your own lives, right? Like, I mean, we're like, what are some like the proudest things? I mean, take, it takes a long time. There, it's nothing is effortless or instant gratification rarely will provide that type of reward. And so I think when we're talking about underestimating effort, I know I'm talking a lot, by the way, so feel free to jump in. But when I, when I think about underestimating effort, I think about that, like get rid of the timeline and focus on, okay, if I know that Scott and Tate and Eric and Mike are posting 16 ads a day and they've been doing this a long time and they're successful. I should probably be doing 32. Like there needs to be a baseline of 
a minimal amount of effort. And I think a lot of times, correct me if I'm wrong, people don't know what that is sometimes, especially if they're not in coaching. I mean, what do you think, Tate? Yeah, I mean, you got to know what other people are doing to get their success and either match it or exceed it. And the thing that a lot of people forget is it took Scott a long time to get to where he's at with his land business. It took you a long time. It took Mike a long time, right? They put in the work. These guys were all willing to do whatever it took to achieve success. And if you have that same mentality, all of a sudden spending all day posting ads isn't that hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, how about you? I mean, we're, I think we're all sort of, uh, you know, we're all sort of seduced by the, the ease of someone's success, right? The overnight success sort of myth when in reality it's, you know, there, you might see a, you might see a, you know, a, uh, an outlier here or there. I'm thinking of like Instagram, right? The guy sold out for a billion dollars after a year. But when you think about, uh, I forget his name, but like, you know, he's a Stanford grad. Like he had to do a lot of things even to get to that point to even, you know, do Instagram. But um, Eric, what do you think about that? Well, I think that's, that's, that's pretty true. I mean, we look at, you know, people's success that, especially when we don't know them, we don't, you know, kind of have regular interaction with them. And we see that, you know, what, what seems to be, you know, that yesterday they were, you know, an average Joe and, and, you know, today they're successful. I mean, that's how it looks to the outsider, right? Because um, we hear about it in some form, whether it's news or, uh, you know, people talking or what have you. Um, and it just, it seems like, well, it was just a, a switch that was flipped and, you know, now this person is a success and, you know, they've achieved what they wanted to achieve, but, you know, missing everything underneath the surface that, that got them there, you know, all that work they put in before that and, and maybe, you know, depending on their situation are, are still putting in to achieve those results and, and maintain that success. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's the question, Mike, if I, if I offered you a pill, a magical pill, right? And it offered you unlimited freedom, unlimited flex- flexibility. You never had to worry about money again. Okay, that bucket of stress is gone. You work when you want, with whom you want, where you want, and travel the world. You just got to swallow this one pill. Okay, how much would you pay for that pill? And would, how long would you even think about it also? Right, right. Before swallowing it. No, that's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. And I think that... Uh... You know, that's there for, you know, anybody who, I mean, there's a lot of things that come into play, right? What makes you happy in life and what, you know, what you need to have to be happy. And, but that's individual. But I think what you're saying is so true because you do at a certain point in this business with the fact that our business is boring serves us well because the fact that it's boring is you can systemate and automate it. And that's exciting, right? Now we can make money doing hardly anything. When we say an hour a week, we lie. It's less than an hour a week. We're not doing, it doesn't take that long. It's, um, and I think the efforts that it get there reminds me of like, I've already told you, remember my Tai Chi teacher, how long did you get clear Tai Chi? I 10 years. I go, 10 years? He's like, well, 10 years is coming either way. You're going to be good at Tai Chi or not. So a year now from now is coming. Are you going to sell land? A month from now is coming. Are you going to do the 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 ads? Are you going to send out 500,000 mailings? It's all com- time's coming. But the consistent efforts that you're going to put in are going to either bring results or you're going to be sitting there going, man, I didn't get any um, properties. Well, how many letters did you mail? Well, I mailed out 100 three weeks ago. How come nothing's happened? Or I sent out two ads or, you know, I'm not trying to 
make fun of anybody, but the reality is the efforts we put in bring results, right? And if you're going to do consistent efforts, you're going to have everybody here that's doing this, everybody we know that's successful has consistent efforts they developed, consistent behaviors. And, you know, a year from now is coming either way. Are you, did you sell land? Did you buy land? Well, that's all up to you right now in your daily habits. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Scott Todd, any, any final sage words of advice? I, I just love what Mark, uh, Mike said. You know, 10 years is going to come one way or the other. What are you, you going to do with it? You know, just, just keep going. Keep moving your feet, even, even when things look like they're not working. I think that that's the problem is people look at something, they're like, oh, it's not working. And then they just stop. And the minute that you stop, it's so much harder to, to do it again. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of it is fear and I think a lot of it is, is, you know, frustration tolerance. Like, Hey, you know, Tate's like, you know, he looks like he's 14 years old. It's like, you know, why, why is this so hard? And the reality is, is that, you know, comparisons, the thief of happiness, like you need to work as, is, you know, you, you need to almost have like this faith. Like if I just do these things, it's going to eventually happen. Go ahead, Tate. Well, I was going to say, I always tell people, this business is an if-then statement, right? I always tell people, I always tell them, it's an if-then statement. If you do this, you will have this as the result, right? If you post ads on Craigslist, then you will sell your property, right? If you mail, then you will have the opportunity to buy, right? It's, it's, it's a very simple equation. If you do this, the result will be this. Yeah, it's it's so true. And you know, how many how many businesses can you really say, hey, there's a one to one ratio between effort and results, right? There's not that that many. I mean, a lot of it's lux involved, or um, you know, not not so much in this niche. There's just such a massive market, no one doing it. It's it's kind of crazy. All right, well, let's just get into it, guys. Let's let's talk about a, a pain point or something that we're seeing. Uh, a common mistake and it's pricing, right? So, you know, Scott, why don't, why don't you kind of like, kind of give everybody the, 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 the high end view of this, the yeah. big picture view of what, what the mistake is. Well, I think, I think the problem that, that we see a lot of people make is that they're leading with the wrong price. You know, like what they want to do is they want to lead with, Oh, the cash price. So what they first try to do is they struggle to figure out what they're going to sell the land for. And so they go and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to sell the land for, you know, $5,000 cash. That's what I want. $5,000 cash. That's what I want. And the thing is, is this, this business is not about what you want. Okay. Because if it is, you're never going to sell the property. It's about what the marketplace will bear. So I think that a better way of looking at this is to go back to the marketplace and, and just figure out, okay, well, what are other people selling the land for on terms? Is it, you know, $500 down and, you know, 200 a month for, um, for 36 months. So do the math real fast. What is that? Uh, 30, $7,700, right? So now I'm at $7,700 for the, for the, uh, terms price. Now let's back into the cash price, right? Like now give a cash discount, that's what the investor's toolkit teaches. That's what a lot, of, a lot of people are missing is that it's not the cash price first and then the terms. It's figure out what the terms price is. What's that irresistible offer? And then figure out what you want to do 
to offer a discount. Is it a 20% discount? Is it a 25% discount? It's all, in that case, it's all about what you want to offer, but then it's a negotiation point, right? So the reason you put the cash price out there is not like, I'm going to get this cash price. It's to tease the difference between the terms price and the, and the cash price. I mean, Mike, as far as like how you do your pricing, are you doing the, the Warren Buffett more margin of safety of 300% and then just listing it? Yeah. I mean, um, we always looking for that golden 300%, but we do go, um, and that's why we make our money on the buy side. But what I think Scott brought up was a really valid point. You know, we see it a lot at the boot camp. We do these, maybe the breakout groups and the teams come back and they want to present their ideas to selling a property. And he's like, Oh, I want to, yeah, I want to get a thousand dollars down. We're going to get a $500 dog fee and they'll pay the initial payment of $500. It's like, there's all these things that sound great, but then there's the market and what's really going to work. So uh, the irresistible pricing, I mean, that's how we get, Yes, we do make cash flips two, three hundred percent regularly, but the uh, terms deals when you get up approaching, uh, we just sold one on eBay. I bought it for one hundred fifty. I sold it for two thousand on terms. That's because you make your money on the buy side, and you know you make an irresistible price. I mean, it's only fifty-five dollars a month, but it doesn't matter. I only paid one hundred and fifty dollars for it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, your your money's out probably on the down or within three months of the down, and yeah, you, it's at one hundred dollars right now. io to manage it. It's, it's a it's a set it and forget it automated financial CRM, and it, yes. it works great. So, <laughs> Eric Peterson, when you come up with your pricing, how how are you listing it? Are you are you doing exactly what Scott says to do, and you're you're advertising the the terms price, and then you'll discuss cash or, or how, how are you doing it? Well, I kind of take a different approach. Um, and honestly, I, I've had some, some pretty good feedback on, on how I present my pricing, but on my website, I actually offer a cash price um, and typically three different options for seller financing. Um, and that's just with different term lengths and, and higher payments or lower payments, depending on the term. Um, but uh, my customers generally will give me feedback along the lines of, you know, I liked, you know, the, the options you had for pricing. Um, sometimes we'll discuss other options if they might want to put more money down or different things like that. But um, that's, that's how I've approached it. And it's worked well so far. I mean, I think that, um, you know, this idea of presenting the terms price up front and, and uh, offering a cash discount, I, I, I do take that strategy, um, but I just, I present more options once someone gets to my website. But, you know, if they're finding my ad on Craigslist, they're not going to see all those options until they've actually, you know, looked at all the details on my website. Yeah, I mean, I have mixed emotions about the options because there's that study done about the jellies or the jams and, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's 40 jams in one store and there's seven in the other, right? Yeah. Well, the jams that had 40 got, you know, three times the traffic as the store that had only seven jams. But for mm -hmm. sales, the store that had seven jams did three times the sales as the store that had 40 because it was simpler for the customer to make that decision, right? So I think to make it as simple as possible, you give them that one terms price and then you talk to them about different options. But as far as advertising it, I think you can confuse your buyer. But 
your results speak for themselves. So you yeah. could just drop the mic on me, Eric, and be like, well, take that study and <laughs> stuff. Well, it. I really think it, it comes down to how it's presented too. Um, it can be confusing if it's not presented in a clear, um, you know, way on, on your website or, or however that's presented. So, I mean, it's just like, um, you know, any of the software as a service websites that, that present their pricing in a tiered kind of schedule, as long as it's presented in a way that's clear to the consumer and, you know, they can understand the benefit of one over the other. Um, and certainly, I mean, you cannot give 40 different options, you know, then you're going to have a problem. But if you keep it reasonable, you know, say between two and four, um, in my experience, um, it works okay. But Scott Todd, how are you advertising? Uh, we just do the, uh, we do the terms price first, low down, low monthly, and then back into a cash price. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the theme of this is that we're all making our pricing irresistible, right? And we don't care what we want. Um, I remember having a coaching client uh, saying, hey, you know, I'm tied on cash. I need to sell this for cash. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter what you want. It's what the market wants. And as soon as he changed the pricing to terms, it flew off the shelf. Otherwise, he was sitting there for 30 days waiting on, on this cash price that, that never came. Um, I had the same experience on a deal in Texas. I mean, I, I bought, you know, the whole subdivision and it's got power and it's got water and there's roads and I got this sweetheart deal and I'm, I'm going to, and I'm going to sell this, these lots for $10,000 because you couldn't even develop this for that, for that low anymore. Right? Like people are paying these for twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 back in the day. So I, I advertised $10,000 crickets, right? I lowered it to eight crickets. Lowered, lowered, lowered. Next thing you know, my sweet spot was like two grand to sell it. But that's what the market deemed worthy of those lots. Mike, how, how about you? What, how, how are you offering your, your terms? Well, when we, when we do the wholesaling, a lot of times we'll do the same. It's the same idea, really, is we show people what the returns can be. So we'll have some sales examples that we've had, and you're going to make four, five hundred percent. So then we show them the. Then we back into the cash price, and the cash price so it shows them how they could buy it, and they could make that same return. So I guess in essence, we do the same thing wholesale, and we give them, you know, that example of a term sale and how much money they can make on that, and then we back in and they see what a value of the cash deal is as a that's as wholesale. Now, when it comes to the same thing on eBay, when we like this property I just sold, we've done this a number of times where, okay, he bought it for uh, 2000 on terms. I may back down and say, hey, if you want to, just so you know, I'll offer you a quick cash price if you would like to, uh, if you'd like to make this real simple and I'll give him a discount and he may or may not jump on it. So we do the same thing. Uh, eBay, um, when we sell on terms, we'll go back in as soon as the deal is closed and right at that point, give them an opportunity to uh, save a bunch of money and pay it off cash, which will still be uh, a large return for us. Won't be the same as uh, three years of uh, $50 a month, but it's still, you know, we do that uh, same philosophy. Nice. Nice. Uh, Scott Todd, what's your tip of the week? Mark, my tip is a um, is an app that I truly uh, came to appreciate and love during uh, the recent uh, 
um, hurricane. It's you can find more about it at windyapp.co. Windy, like you know, windy, like it's windy outside. Windyapp.co, and this thing is pretty cool. And um, I was looking for applications for land, and it does exist. Uh, to me, you could you could easily go and um, find out where some of your properties are. Look at kind of the the weather conditions over the next 240 hours. What I think is cool is it shows a depiction of how the winds are flowing with speed. It's all it's all uh, graphic, and it's kind of cool to have a conversation with someone. I think about, hey, let me tell you what's going on at the property right now. Let me give you some real time weather, so so that you know you're you know we're we're trying to sell this thing. And we're trying to say like, hey, what's it like out there? Well, I don't, I don't know what it's like right now, but you can just take this map and go right to where the property is. And it's really the coolest thing ever. I mean, I've been doing this since 2001. Nobody's ever asked me what the weather is at that point in time before they bought the property. So, well, you, my, my point is, my point is not that they're a hurricane. asking you what the weather is right now. My point is, if you're struggling to like Just write ads, if you're struggling to tell someone what the property, what's going on at the property, if you're, if you're struggling to find the features and the benefits, like Apple would, you can talk about right now, right now, it's, it's, you know, 70 degrees and it's like a nice westerly breeze of like 10 knots. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I know Eric Peterson loves it. So everybody loves it except for you. He just survived a hurricane and geez, I just said this thing was like very, very beneficial to me. I know. Okay, Mark. It's okay. Look, you know, the, the hashtag team Scott thing is, I guess I got to work on it. I'll, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, Scott. It's okay, Mark. It's okay. I'm sorry. All right. My tip of the week is okay so here we go what am i in trouble (laughs) oh we're bringing out the the team scott army oh gosh all right here we go here here we go all right so my tip of the week he's 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 having a hard time like getting it out too i I know i'm like i'm like and i just want to thank everybody for being on the podcast um i want to remind the listeners for those who can't see right now he's blushing i'm blushing yeah (laughs) So I just want to remind the listeners, uh, you know, the only way we're going to continue these roundtable podcasts where everybody gets to gang up on me based on my tip of the week is if you do us three little favors, you got to subscribe. Wait, what's your tip? I'm going to tell you. You got to subscribe. You got to rate. You got to review the podcast. Send us a screenshot of your review to support at thelandgeek.com. We're going to send you for free the $97 passive income launch kit and maybe even a hashtag Team Scott shirt. Thanks for listening to the Art of Passive Income podcast. Start your journey at www.thelandgeek.com and www.scotttaub.net. Rate and review the podcast and email support at thelandgeek.com. Your screenshot for a free passive income launch kit.